All right. This week on episode 19 of Back of the Bird, we've got a great interview with Dane Smith. We talk about Andrew Suter and his retirement from the NLL, a big Randy Stats trade down to Panther City, and we talk a little bit about the PLL Championships. Without further ado, here's Back of the Bird. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. If you want to sign, this is it. I want to give a major shout out to friend of the program, former professional hockey player, Boston Levi, for the intro music. Boston's just released his new EP, Prophecies. So check it out wherever you listen to your music, um, whether it's Apple Music or, or Spotify. Some great tunes on there. That was Run, Baby, Run. Um, so without further ado, let's jump into Back of the Bird. All right, we're back, Polly. Episode nineteen. How we doing? How you been living? What's going on? Doing good, man. Um, good little, good little weekend. I know we've got off the golf talk, but I figured it out. Back to back. Guess my score. Back to back. Eighty-two. Boom. Let's go. Baby. You did two two eighty-twos in a row. Let's go. What is it? What, what, is, what do you mean you figured it out? Like you just solved golf? Yeah, until the next round and I shoot 100. But I just, <laughs> I think, I've, I think I got it. I think I solved the matrix. Um, yeah, no, that's it. Golf. And then uh, I actually had a, a wedding on Friday. Uh, we should, I'll, I don't know if I can release any of the videos, but mm-hmm. I'll release a text message. The Cottage Springs was flowing. 300 cans of Cottage Springs demoed not one left from the wedding everyone was crying we had vodka lemonades we had every kind of soda 300 cans see ya thank you i went i went late night to grab one none left that was how it. Many, so, <laughs> how many out of the 300 were drank out of your shoe so that's those are the videos i got i don't know if I there's a couple so the groom again it's now it's the thing so I did another one in uh, in the groom speech. I get called out, so did one during the groom speech. But the groom and the bride end up doing a double shoey out of my shoe with Cottage Springs. I mean, <laughs> that's, both shoes. That's Each a, one had one shoe. Oh fuck me, dude! Are you buying new dress shoes? Or are you doing same shoes? I'm doing same shoes. They they hey, they're high quality. They last for some reason. But like, do you have to wash them? Like, are they sticky in there when you're wearing them the, the next wedding? No, I just throw I just throw them, throw them back in the old cupboard and they're good to go. <laughs> that is just insane. But uh, yeah, no, I like it, man. That's good. And so that was Friday. Did you do any Saturday was golf or Saturday was an eighty-two. Uh, just kicking around London with uh, the in-laws doing the hanging out with my mother-in-law let her see mac and that's kind of it dory see some friends and that was it how about you not not a ton i uh a couple buddies came over here on friday made a little dinner um and then a few of us went over to the martini house i i like that place i like that place for food actually see i do you know what's crazy i've never actually even that was the first time i've ever been there I should say I haven't been there a ton. I've been there. I've been there a handful of times. So it's not like a go-to, but gone there for tapas and drinks and nice little tapas menu. But, so uh, I, I, I heard this is, you know, very much through the grapevine, but I heard that the martini house is a bit of a swingers joint. That's why me and the wife go. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you son of a bitch. But yeah, I know I went there. I had a few Negronis. They were nice. 
I'm a bit okay, I'm, yeah, yeah. Now that I'm, you know, now that I'm a bit of a Bay Street guy, uh, you know, I drink these high quality cocktails. You know, that's uh, yeah, yeah. I you prefer. Gotta you got it. I prefer my old fashions smoked, um, but you know, it's uh, yeah, it was good. We hung out there, went, and then ended up a ended up at a house party that we knew nobody at, and just did the old ejecto cedo out the back door, just slither our way out of there. After I showed up, I showed up with a, a bunch of Cottage Springs merch and gave it to this group house party that I didn't know. And then we just immediately left. It was tough, but um, Saturday. Hey, thanks for the invite. Uh, listen to the pod. Here's some t-shirts. Yeah. And then they were like, wait, you're on that. You're on the podcast sponsored by Cottage Springs, the one called Two Pals. I was like, no, 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 no. There's two podcasts that they sponsor. You're going to want to listen to Back of the Bird. So shout out to Cottage Springs for letting us uh, give away all that merch, make some people happy at a house party, even though I didn't know them. And then we just left. But uh, it was good. And Saturday, what did I do Saturday? Oh, I just we just laid low Saturday. Watched a movie. What did we even watch? That's not good. I can't remember. Let me think on that one. That'll come to me. But uh, what's that? That, that, speaking of movies, I made my return to the theaters. You did it. You did a solo. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I didn't go solo. I went with my buddy. I went with my buddy. What'd but, you uh, go see? Come on now. Shang-Chi. Oh, the Legend the ten, of the Ten Rings, baby. Ten rings. Let's go. Yeah, I'm right back into the Marvel. It was, it was good, but uh did the old VIP. It's like, you can't, you can't watch a movie now with it without going VIP. The nice thing is COVID's made the tickets super cheap. So VIP, you know, you can grab a little drink, some snacks, they deliver right to your seat. Nice little movie, comfy chair. See you later. Can do no wrong. I forgot. I saw, I just remembered we watched, we, <laughs> we watched, this is the end. Oh, that's a great. I play. mean, are you fucking kidding me? I was losing it the entire movie. It's that's an all timer, but yeah. Um, yeah. And then Sunday just, Hung out, watched a lot of football. I lost in fantasy this week. Fucking got, I got smoked, like smoked. But, uh, but yeah. For a guy that has no idea what he's doing, I'm 2-0, and and I'm just dominating right now. How many points do you get in a week here? Like a buck 46, buck 50. Is that good? I, oh. I, I'm, that's, an, that's an honest question. Is that oh, yeah, that's know. really good. I think I got okay. like 75 points last week. I basically, yeah, no. my guys just decided to stop playing football. So <laughs> I think my bench had more points than my active players. But, um, but yeah, why don't we, uh, why don't we kick it over to some, uh, well, first of all, we got Dane Smith coming up great interview great insights you're gonna to want to stick around for the end of it when he starts chatting a little pll because it gets fun but uh we had a we had a quite the retirement announcement over uh the last week here didn't we yeah man um again the guy close a guy close to both me and you and just you know obviously there's been a, a ton of retirements this last little bit but again this is uh this is a fan favorite and a guy, you know, a transition player year, a captain on a bunch of different teams. And, uh, you know, uh, a guy, like I said, we're both real close with Andrew Suter retires after, you know, a hell of a, a 10 year career. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, uh, we, we did a little video and, and I kind of like was like trying to figure out what to say. And like, I was actually getting emotional because it's like, I mean, I think you got when you guys retire that like you don't know, it's like, you know it was kind of like their time to do it or whatever, but like you just take like kind of a read as to like what everyone's saying about Andy. Like, I mean, yeah. he was, 
you know, he's a staple of lacrosse in Orangeville. Like he's, he was that guy that was like represented everything it meant to be, to be an Orangeville Northman, the grittiness, you know, defending everyone on his team, but can play both ends of the ball. And, and, you know, he's winning Mintos. He's got a beard at 16 fucking buzzing around out there. Um, and, and then every team he plays on, he's, you know, he's your favorite teammate because he'll do anything for anybody, but he's, you know, and he's un, like skilled and, and, you know, will fire you up when you need it in the room or, or whatever it might be. And, um, yeah. Well, I, and he's just, he's just such a great guy off the floor. Like yeah. you say the ultimate teammate, but then it's like, it's the same thing off the floor. And I, and I actually just, I called him today just to, you know, say hey congratulations and stuff like that and but to see the amount of people like you said on twitter that just you said basically the exact same thing but it's like when you have that many people saying the exact same thing it's true like it's not just a hey congratulations like it's like i'll never play with another guy like this this guy was the ultimate teammate and it's like it's true he he literally was the ultimate teammate he he would do anything for you on the floor or off the floor. And, and like I said, lacrosse is, is better for it because he played, but now it's not as good because he's not playing, which, which kind of sucks. Yeah. And that's, and I'll always do it. I'll always remember this. And I thought about it the other days I was uh, so my, when I was a rookie in junior, I played my first year junior B and like got knocked out, basically missed the whole season. Okay. So yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, like first year junior, whenever I, you know, playing junior B got knocked out, missed almost the whole year, but then for playoffs got called up to Burlington and like was just sitting in the stands. Like kind of, if anyone got hurt or whatever, like I'd be ready to go, which is hilarious. Cause they're trusting a guy that doesn't even, can't even remember how he got hurt like three months ago, but, um, and they're playing, they play, they're playing Orangeville in the second round. So, and someone goes down, so I have to go play. And my, so my first junior A game is in Orangeville and like all before the game, everyone's like, okay, you know, just stay away from number 20. You know, he's this big, mean, tough guy. Like, don't feel like you have to do something if he tries to come at you and whatever. I'm just, I'm just kind of like shaking. I'm shitting my pants and go out there. First shift, I get three whacks in the leg from number 20. And he's like, we're going right now. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm <laughs> there's probably actual shit running down my leg. And then he just kind of brings, pulls me in a little closer. And he goes, he goes, just kidding. Unless you do something because our dads are, our dads are good buddies. They played on the same softball team. And then he just kind of pushed me and ran off the floor. And like, I'm like, I went into like rigor mortis. I was so fucking scared of this guy, but it's just, I mean, it's just one of those things, man. Like I've been, I was lucky cause I got to play with him in Rochester. You know, he went to Vancouver. Then I went to Vancouver. So we got to talk about what mm-hmm. it was like. And then, you know, we both end up on, you know, on the riptide last year. And like, we just became so close and, and, you know, our families are close and, and, you know, seeing him raise a family now. And I don't know, for some reason, it like, it got, it hit me hard. Like when you, you see guys like Rosie and like other guys from, from Orangeville, I'm sure Donnie can touch on what it's like too, like what he left there, but you know, little kids like pretending to drop their gloves in between periods. And like, they're pretending to be Andrew Suter. And like, you know, I think though that's like, that's, that's something that, you know, a legacy that's, I'm excited for his kid to learn about, you know, one day, like that's, that's uh, I don't know. It's just such a good guy. And, an unreal career. You hate to see him go, but he's got some awesome things going on with his career. That's that he should be really proud of. And, and I know he's worked hard for So we love you, Andy. And, and uh, the game's better for you now, for sure. Just yeah, a buddy. quick little story there. So I played for, I played for suits and Mimico my, uh, my fourth year, oh, yeah. uh, when DJ came in 
and uh, crew Orangeville guys came in. Anyways, had a great year. Love playing for him. And then my fifth year, I got traded to uh, Orangeville. One of my first games we're playing, and it's uh, Northman Alumni Weekend. I ended up getting hit in the game and get knocked out of the game, so I'm injured. So I missed like half the game. So we come out to take the photo after the game, and Suits has like had a, clearly a, quite a few drinks, and he comes <laughs> up to me and he goes, "If you ever need somewhere to stay tonight, like let me know. You come over to my place." I'm like. I'm hurt. I'm going home. Like I'm not even going out. And then even if I was going out, like there's like 20 teammates here that would probably like jump the line. Yeah. But it's just like, that was the kind of guy he was, man. He he is. Um, And uh, I, I always remember that. And uh, you know, I, I wasn't even looking to, uh, to go out that night. I was driving back to Oakville, but I knew I had a a place at, uh, at uh, a bet at his place. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's just the guy he is. He'll, he'll chirp you into the ground, but he's, he'll do anything for you once, you know, when the time comes or, or whatever it might be. All right. What do we want to go to next here, Polly? And, uh, or you want to still go on it? Well, I just, I just want to, again, I'll just, I'll just touch on the, uh, the, you know, the nice video that the Riptide gave us. It just would have been been nice if, uh, the other teammates could have talked, but you and uh, Danny Mac just took the whole time, but it was still a beautiful video. So that was nice (laughs) to the team. Danny Mac wore his tightest golf shirt for that fucking video. Oh, he was wearing Lukey Pilcher's golf shirt. <laughs> oh, that's good. And I, I didn't even realize till the video came out. Like the video just has like a fucking square eyed look at my nutsack too. Like the camera's just kind of sitting down there. But, oh man, that's uh could have done a little bit better there. But um, but yeah, love you, suits. Congrats, buddy. So next we got. The trade that fooled even the insider. Gigantic trade. Yeah. Did go ahead. Who who had in who had insider info here? Donnie, you had a little bit, or you just pumped that you He's, got Randy's stats? I yeah. had not. I my dad texted me. He said he like my dad actually got on Instagram like a week ago, and he texted me that the trade happened, and I was like, "How'd you find out?" He goes, "Instagram." I'm like, "Oh, look at you! <laughs> First week, you're already breaking scores." Let's go. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I uh, I was doing some research. I was doing some insiders, checking around with uh, with some some media folks in the league, and I kept I kept hearing a certain player from Calgary was going to be on the move. Um, a certain man that has a nickname from a superhero, but um, that di- that didn't end up happening. Obviously, it ended up being uh, being Randy Stats going. But I mean, hell of a move. I think it's it's an interesting move because. Um, you know, obviously he's coming off an injury from, from PLL camp where I, I don't think he's going to be back. You know, if he is this season, it'll be, you know, pretty late in the year. Um, so it's interesting because I think he's a UFA from what I understand, he'll be UFA. Um, but the other insider info I've gotten is that they've now shifted the franchise. They've taken the franchise tag off Banesh. Um, so then they can just give the franchise tag to Randy and because he's not old enough, he can't refuse it. So that's what, uh, that's what I think is going to happen. That's probably why they gave those picks away to, and felt confident giving a first rounder for him um, is because they can franchise tag him and back up the old fucking Brinks truck to Randy's house and, and just keep him around. So we're happy for him. You love seeing guys get, uh, get, get paid. Obviously that's nice, but uh, I'm sure it's tough for that Georgia team is, I mean, that team's changed completely since they won in 2017 and they had a pretty core group. So I'm sure it's tough for those guys. Yeah. And he, he was a huge part of that. I mean, again, 
I I love Randy Stats game, and I feel like you know what I feel like Randy Stats. I feel he's the Nicholas Backstrom of the NLL. Like he finishes way more, but super underrated. Like, and I guess because you know you're playing with Lyle and and a couple other guys, you know, bigger names, I guess, in Georgia that he, I don't know if he gets the recognition he deserves, like outside of like the players, but man, he is, he, he's in like my top five righties in the game. And, uh, you know, producer Donnie, you gotta be pretty excited because he he can do it all as, as a righty. Like he doesn't need the ball, but he can have the ball. And, and that's just a great guy to, to kind of work under. And, and I think maybe that's, another reason why you know panther city makes that trade you get the first overall pick and donnie who's you know not a slouch in his own right as a righty and then and then you put randy with him um again maybe a bit of a price to pay for for you know waiting a year but hey you know i guess they're excited about what's coming down the pipe in a year or two so um but yeah it's crazy georgia you know making that trade it, it does it changes their right side. Like now they've lost Zed Williams and Randy stats and yeah. Kyle Matisse yeah. and Moose like in the yeah. last kind of three years. So we'll see, but yeah. uh, I think it's good for Panther city. I'll tell you that much. No doubt. Absolutely. No doubt. And they just picked up Wendy, the tendy from the Nighthawks. <laughs> big trade, big trade yeah. from the all Nighthawks. Yeah. When yeah. he's going back, when yeah. he's going back. Yeah. He's, he's headed back, but um. But yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, I know. Let me pull this. Oh, so we got the uh, we got the Albany jersey release. Tell you what, that went over a hell of a lot better than the Calgary release did with the fans of the NLL. Yeah, um, hey, it's nice to it's nice to see a team kind of hit hit the nail on the head. Is that the saying? Hit the old nail on the head. But I right, like those. You hit and... the nail on the head with the saying. Yeah, there we go. But uh, I, I kind of like that it was you know, not your typical color scheme. It, it's uh, it's an interesting color scheme, but I think it works really well. I think they were that mix of like modern, clean and crisp. And I mean, two hell of a models and Joey Resiteris and Greg Downey. <laughs> what, what a job by those two guys. Yeah, dude. I think it's always the funniest thing. I, I laugh every goddamn time, but it's like, why are we making these guys wear full fucking shoulder pads whenever we're showing off New Jersey? They look ridiculous. Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, I think Joey Rez <laughs> borrowed the linebacker from the Buffalo Bills shoulder pass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's always a hilarious look, but uh, but yeah, they, I mean the jerseys look nice. Um, obviously, you know we got a DM there from uh, from old uh, Greerzy um, to the main account. Looks like uh, the Firewolves have changed their colors pretty quickly um, in the last little while, as well as their logo. I think there might have been a little bit of a uh, cease and desist from uh from another uh, maybe a d1 school that looks very similar to them so they've changed the logo and the colors but honestly i think it worked out better for them i think i like like i like those colors um i like those colors quite a bit so um yeah i think it's it's definitely a more positive review than than what our, our friends in calgary got yep 100 and uh i'll just i was kind of thinking about this the other day um like their owner, Oliver Marty, like it's nice to see, I, I, we're getting a ton of great ownerships, obviously Joe side, but it's, it's kind of cool to see these guys active on social media accounts too, like repping the brand, 
listening to the fans and stuff like that and being active in social media. So I guess that's just a big pat on the back to Oliver Marty. I don't, I don't really know where that came from, but just congratulations for being a good owner. Jesus. Somebody, somebody's trying to pick up a franchise tag. Lately. Hey, hey, no, no, no. Hey, I'm, I'm a bird gang for life. Back to the bird and yeah. Nighthawks. Okay. Let's go. I like it. I like it. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll move on quickly here to the, uh, the PLL championship. I don't want to brag, but fuck me. I was hot on the social media there. I had three, oh. tw- three tweets that just exploded, just piggybacking off how, first of all, they would never, they just wouldn't say the NLL. Um, they what, what is that? Like, I, I mean, I was going to go on, sorry, not to cut you off, but I was going to oh, yeah. go on a Twitter rant. Like, so we mentioned the PLL, we as the NLL mentioned the PLL a ton. Congratulations to Paul and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Love what you're doing. Like what, what's the angle here? Cause we don't even compete. Like, that's the funny thing. It's like, we have guys that play in both leagues and the part, the funny thing is why we have these two leagues is so guys like Donnie and players can play full-time lacrosse, make yeah. enough money, be professional. So like, what, what is the point of that? I think I, I would imagine their approach is like, not just for the fans that know both are lacrosse fans, but like new PLL fans, like would just be like, what the fuck? There's another league. Like there's an indoor league. Like, so they don't want, and like, and I'm sure the PLL is taking that approach where it's like, Oh, you know, we're too big. Like the NLL is going to mention us because we're doing such a good job at what we're doing, but we're not going to mention them. Like, cause then it'll confuse fans or pull fans away, but it is just an all time, like high scissor Booker T scissor kick finisher that the fucking chaos team full of NLL guys is the one that wins their league. Like that, that's just amazing to me. And again, like you say, we got Dane Smith coming on the interview um, in this episode, but, and then they're just playing basically box across on field, like just straight up, like could have worked any better. And that, that gift you sent, is just the ultimate gif of like what happened in the championship yeah. into the PLL. I was actually uh, I was at the game on Sunday because it's not was a big DC. deal. Hey Donnie, um, not a big deal. Fucking right yeah. here. That's hey, that's <laughs> our, that, that's, our that good? that's our sound guy doing doing uh, doing research for us. I love that. Yeah, and I was I actually saw one of my friends from Orangeville um, who goes plays at Georgetown, and we were like, dude, this is everything in this offense is familiar. Like. It's and I, I didn't realize like I knew they had a lot of Canadians. Their offense is every single person is Canadian except for O'Keefe, who yeah. is uh played in Canada for a summer, is very much like a Canadian type uh skill guy. And it was just like it was just cool to see. And um it was also cool, like I think a lot of Canadians have experienced that feeling of like telling everyone that like your buddy from home is is like sick at lacrosse. And uh, Chase Fraser, like, had, I think, four goals in the game. And it was, like, I know, like, some of the bandit uh, chaos guys had talked, like, about how they were, like, trying to get him in the league. And, yeah. like, he was aw- he was awesome in that game. Uh, and they just they just rolled. Like, they just beat him in all phases. Like, it wasn't really a close game ever. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, – his story's kind of cool, too, eh? Like, I, di- I didn't – I read that article that kind of came out about Chase and, like, where, you know, he's grinding and, like, working, you know f- – some crazy shift at a plastic factory. And then they just Josh Byrne gave him a call and just said like, you want to come play. And then, then the guy steps in and basically fucking dominates. It's just, that's all time. But just quit on the spot. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gone forever. 
last last ran on this PLL NLL drama. The funny thing about like you were saying, Donnie, is like how many college coaches to just to kind of bring light on the box across are now telling people to go up to Canada, play box across in the in the summer, or how many of these universities are creating box across um, winter programs like the Denver elites and all that. Like the funny thing is I, I kind of get the, Hey, we don't want to confuse there's two leagues, but we're still talking about kind of two different sports essentially of the same sport. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's been proven that if you play box across, you will become a better field across player. I just, I still don't get the angle. I mean, I think it's just like you say, kind of the high horse mentality is, but it just couldn't have worked out any better that the the all the all box across team wins the championship when they weren't even like given a shot. I mean, it's funny too because there's so many good American players that have come up and and like to play as an American in, in you know the NLL or like Junior A even is like super impressive to yeah to exactly like that on the fly. So it's like I, a lot of NLL NLL fans are frustrated I think because they're not promoting the you know Canadian guys enough, but mm-hmm. the promotion goes both ways like. You know, Blaze plays in the NLL, uh, Glassini plays in the NLL, like all these guys on chaos, like they're all NLL guys. So it's yeah. interesting. It's crazy. But all right, yeah. Donnie, we're sorry, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, dude, yeah, I, th- I think it's you're gonna want to listen to the end of this interview. Um, it's uh, you know, obviously we walk through a lot of like Dade's career and stuff and find out some pretty cool stuff about him, but you know, you kind of hear about his angle on the PLL and like you know, why he thinks they won and, and what made their team like a championship team, which I thought was what's cool to hear. Cause that was, uh, you know, even something I noticed when I played in that MLL bubble was like, it was the same kind of thing. You know, he talks about in the interview where it's like, guys are like fucking pushing each other out of the way to get to the front of the line and, you know, just making drama where it just like shouldn't exist. And, and there's just no way to win that way. But, um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys got anything else before we send it over to it. No, I don't want to get dunked on by Donnie again. <laughs> <laughs> he did just bundle you. I love that. All right. So what we'll do is, uh, you know, this interview, obviously, with, with Dane Smith is brought to you by our friends over at Lucky Penny Media. And you know the drill. Lucky Penny Media. They're a full-service media company without hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand means everything to you. And when working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client. You're a partner and a teammate. And our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. So here comes Dane Smith. Okay, I'll kick it off, Paul. You want, you want to do the intro or you want me to do it? No, I'll crush it. I think I've done like the last like three or four. I, need I know, break. but people love it when you do it. But all right, I'll do this one. <laughs> um, all right. We are proud to introduce this Kitchener, Ontario native who currently plays for the Buffalo Bandits of the National Lacrosse League. I think still property of the Six Nation Chiefs of Major Series Lacrosse, as well as the Chaos Lacrosse Club in the Premier Lacrosse League. He started his junior career with the Kitchener-Waterloo Braves and won the MVP in 2012, the same year he was drafted fifth overall to the Bandits. Began his career as a transition player, but eventually switched to forward, where he ranked third on the Bandits in scoring in both 2014 In 2016, he set a Bandits record for most goals in a season and set the NLL single season record for most points in a season with 137. He was also named to the NLL's first team as well as the MVP of the league. 
throughout throughout his career, he's amassed 269 goals, 414 assists for 683 points in 125 games. <laughs> Is that good? Recently, Jesus. he's coming off what we assume is one of the bigger hangovers of all time after winning the PLL championship with the chaos. Welcome to back of the bird, Dane Smith. <laughs> Thanks for hyping me up. I Let's go. That's what we, that. we, do the old, we do the stroke off early, get everyone fired up, ready to go. <laughs> no, keep it going. I need this. <laughs> my week. So what's going on, man? This How is your feeling? week. My week's been uh, good. Uh, like you said, it's probably one of the worst hangovers I've had, but I'm still a champion. So at the end of the day, it's a, it kind of equals out. But um, things are good. Um, didn't think I'd ever be a field guy, and here I am uh, winning a PLL championship. And not only just a field guy, the one thing I, I mean, we'll get into like PLL. I'm going to leave kind of towards the end of this, but you're scoring two pointers in field. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, this game's kind of getting a little bit easy, but uh, they might have to put a three-point line out there. But, no, those are just uh, – it, it was definitely a heat check. I probably would never, ever think I would do it ever again. But uh, when you're hot, you're hot, I guess. Yeah. Hey, still going five-hole? Five-hole goes or what? <laughs> five-hole goal. You know what? There no goalie go. wants to stop it with his shins. Yeah, there and, you uh, go. And I don't blame him. There's probably a few uh, sticks in the lane and uh, um, people in the, the way, but uh, I'll take it. Yeah, that's Perfect. cool. I love it. Why don't we, uh, so let's, we'll kickstart it. We'll, we'll make everyone that's going to tune in. That's a big PLL fan. Wait all the way to the end of the episode to get all the, uh, the PLL insights. So let's, uh, let's kick it off with, with kind of picking up, picking up a lacrosse stick and Kitchener, man. What's like, you know, I know, I know we had Pooley on, obviously it was, you know, that those kind of older teams were big. Was that kind of like influential for you to pick up a stick and go watch those guys play? Yeah. You know what? Um, I don't know what Pooley told you about Kitchener, but uh, we didn't really win much. Uh, maybe when he he was around, I think they had a better, uh, they had Colin Doyle and all that stuff, but uh, Andrew Watt. But um, my my couple of years, uh, we, we, we always made playoffs and uh, playoffs didn't really like us too much. We usually got uh, swept first round and stuff like that, but I can't complain. Uh, obviously, I've had great coaching throughout my, my career, um, started at a young age and um, kind of making me the player I am today. Kitchener has always been like legit bringing out studs. Like you say, maybe like you guys don't always win a lot, but like the players that come out of there are legit. Right. I, I think, I think that's one thing. We do have one guy out of every maybe uh, three or four years that come out that are kind of pretty, pretty good. I know obviously Colin Doyle was huge. Um, Andrew Watt, Benet, Benny. Yeah. yeah. Um, just some, obviously Chris Cloutier. Yeah, um, the list probably goes on. I know there's a few other NLL guys, uh, the Orleman brothers and stuff like that. It's pretty, it's pretty cool to see. Unreal. So, and I, we, uh, we, again, we're fortunate in this situation where you're one of like a small group of guys that's got a fully formed Wikipedia page. So it made doing the research on the back end here a little easier. So I've, I'm looking at this thing and I'm seeing that you were a dual threat high school quarterback who led the team to some sort of a high school championship. Is that true? Yeah, uh, I was pretty uh, decent at football as well. I played hockey and lacrosse for my two main sports. And then um, as I got later into high school, I, I picked up on football. Um, crazy story. Actually, my grandpa played in the NFL. So uh, that, that probably kicked in a little bit uh, towards my end of my career. And um, so 
yeah, football kind of came along and uh, I was a better quarterback throwing on the run than I was in the pocket. And then uh, um, shortly after I ended up breaking, <laughs> breaking my ankle, I have seven screws and a plate in it still to this day. I'm from football, so oh, I, I almost took the route of uh, playing football. Um, I had two invitations. One was for football, one was for lacrosse, and I ended up choosing the lacrosse one. Where did your uh, grandpa play in the NFL? He played for uh, the Rams, and he played for Montreal before that CFL, but he played for the, the Rams. Um, and uh, who else did he play for? I think maybe the Raiders. Was he a QB as well? No, he was a linebacker. Oh, you're just a beast. Eh? Yeah. Just an absolute beast. I mean, yeah, the old school linebackers are just full-blown serial killers out there. Oh, around. yeah, yeah. If you, if you were to Google him, he his mugshot's just like, I look like a mean, and they don't wear any pads. They're just yeah. they're crazy. Yeah. What's no, his name? So we're going to Google him for sure. What's his name? Boyet Garland. Oh, he sounds like a psychopath. Yeah, he's probably just fucking mugshot with the, just a leather bucket on. <laughs> just yeah. guys. That's awesome, man. So, um, yeah, that kind of what you said next was it kind of brings me on to like, you know, 2012, that's end of junior, right? For you? Is uh, that... No. Uh, or or I, no, because that would have been, yeah, it would have been in the middle of it, right? Like, I, Yeah, I went to, no, I went back and played. So I played pro and then I went back and played junior. So that was a crazy, like. So school was never. When you like, when you were gonna choose, was school yep. an option for lacrosse? Right. So this is yeah. So this is how it worked. Um, basically, I didn't think I was gonna play lacrosse. I played Team Ontario, um, and that was kind of my my fix. I like playing it because it was just one tournament, and that that was it. Yeah. Um, it was just different than obviously box lacrosse. But um, I got invited to Canada's Top 100 camp um, with Brody Mail that ran yep. it, and I I was one of the older guys there, but I ended up showing up um, and got probably 20 plus D1 scholarships um, through that. And uh, I had the same option for football. It was, I don't know what it was called. It was called the gridiron camp or something like that. And basically Canadian um, football players went to, and uh, American schools came to watch you. Uh, I ended up choosing the lacrosse one. And then uh, basically <clears throat> didn't visit many schools because I had a few guys at the time um, that went to school uh, for lacrosse and, the two a days and stuff like that. They're like, Oh my God, I don't even want to play box across anymore. So they like came back and they barely even wanted to play. And so I was like, Oh, that's not really for me. And luckily um, there's a thing called quest for gold. Basically gave me a free scholarship in Canada. So I ended up going to school at Conestoga college, great college uh, out of Kitchener and uh, entered the draft early. They, they really, they really sold you the D one dream. Hey, coming back and saying <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. You know what? No, I, I, I wish they, uh, there's better stories for them because yeah. like I, I went to visit a few of my buddies obviously that went uh, to schools and it looked incredible I, I don't know how they did school by any means but uh, it looked like a fun time and uh, can't complain where I'm at today but that being said I wish I went to some of those schools I mean that, that's an that's an all-time review the the old the come home from come home from from university and just say you know what I actually fucking hate lacrosse now <laughs> Yeah, these guys make me practice twice a day this is brutal yeah, yeah. twice a day plus a workout uh, i don't think they liked it that's Probably too back funny. then i don't think i would have liked it either yeah yeah that's I, yeah i think it's i mean it's a i guess it's you, a fair point Don, donnie was yeah donnie was just talking about how he's fucking he has to do hover shits over there because he's so sorry he can't sit down on the toilet basically because he's back doing the doing the practices again so um yeah he's I, trying I, to tell he's trying to tell guys hey don't you know i went first overall like, i don't give a shit rookie get back on the <laughs> fucking stairs. 
Oh man, that's unreal. So what was that? I mean, that obviously that first, uh, it's 2013 was your first year, right? With the bandits. Yeah. And that, so, and you're, you're buzzing out the back door with, uh, with your cousin, Billy oh, D what was it like holding yeah. down, holding down the defense with him? It wasn't uh, much of me holding down the fort. It was me breaking up the floor. Uh, they definitely, I probably let in three or four goals a game. I, I'd make up for it maybe with two or three assists or, or a goal and two assists. But uh, I definitely wasn't the greatest defender. Um, I was decent at one-on-one defense, um, but the team defense thing is a little bit, I give respect to all those de- defenders out there. Um, but um, it, it was fun. It, it made me the player I am today. Um, getting back on defense now, I, I feel comfortable doing so I, I try to get off because I, I just don't it's a hard job but that being said I, I definitely feel comfortable back there and uh my my rookie year was with a bunch of vets and um it was pretty cool to play with so many talented players were you uh just speaking of, like the transition like I know you put up a ton of points in junior were you ever running out the back door in junior too or were you just strictly offense in junior? no I, I I honestly I don't think I got off the floor in junior um, yeah, so you're everywhere had, yeah Brent, uh Beazel had me yeah he had me playing uh defense transition but I could stay on O obviously and then I played on power play and penalty kill so I was I was playing a lot uh but I did play a lot of defense surprisingly yeah so you, you at least like and that's kind of I guess that's kind of like the segue of you playing transition into the NLL right. like you at least right. you had a but it's totally different a hundred percent yeah yeah but now but, it was yeah. Was Troy who was Troy your first coach? No, my first court coach is um, Kilgore Darius. Okay, it was Richie. So, okay. so going from Darius to, to Troy, both uh, screamers to say the least. <laughs> it was uh, it was scary at first. It made me a kind of a man pretty early, but uh, yeah, those guys were uh, not shy to yell. That's unreal. So, so who was like, what was your old crew your rookie year? Like, when you're running up the floor, you got to get the ball to him. What, what's that? Sorry. Who was who are the guys that played offense for you guys? That, like your rookie. So that year it would have been uh, Aaron Wilson, uh, Jamie Rooney, uh, oh, Aaron Wilson, Jamie Rooney. We had uh, Giles, uh, we had Kaleski, and we had Luke Wiles. That was the right side. Left Jesus. side we had uh, John Tavares. We had um, Sean Williams. We had uh, Culp. Uh, we had who else? Um, Jesus Christ! Oh, uh, was the guy from Welland uh, with the M? Um, what did they call him? He was a lefty. I know Nick Cotter was on the team too, but he's a little bit younger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had I played uh, with, play with him in Boston. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. we had we had Mark Steinhaus, I guess, too, on the right side. But then we had one more that uh, you guys would definitely. You played with Brampton with him, actually. Oh, um. Here, give me a second. I know exactly who you're talking. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, I can I smell can, the. I, I can, can smell something burning. <laughs> oh, it's something my ears. M, I think. No, it's not an M. I know but it's uh, Mike Hominock. Mikey Hominock. Uh, uh, yes, Hominock. There, <laughs> there you go. Let's go. Yeah. So, Smooth so we had a, we, we, yeah, a we had a veteran team. Like it was, it was awesome. Like it was, it was cool to kind of get. We had Scott Self in the backside, back, back end. Obviously, Cosmo and Nat. We had just had an old vet team and it, it was awesome to kind of learn from a lot of those guys. That's uh did That's I, it. I forget, did I, did I, I think I told that story. I eh? when like, cause that remember when Selfer was on um, Rochester and he like kind of made it very clear to Ro- Rochester that, that he wanted to go play in Colorado. Cause I think he had like family there. 
And then yeah, his wife was from there. And then Rotch just flipped this is him Brad's to- self though. Yeah, Not yeah, yeah. Scotty's is Brad. Yeah, yeah. But then they just uh, they just they flipped him just to build them right to Buffalo. Yeah. To Buffalo. <laughs> oh yeah, you want to go to Colorado? <laughs> Here you go. But that's yeah, yeah, he, was yeah, a, yeah. He, he was a D guy playing offense for for us in Buffalo, but he, he could do it all. Like Brad self, anyways. Uh, yeah, Scotty was a he was a good defender, but uh, Brad could do it all. Wrist shot from center. Exactly, he's got the best underhand wrister in the <laughs> I've ever seen in lacrosse. He just snapshots everything. It's ridiculous. Right. Just buzzes around, doesn't ever need the ball, but he just flies around. Uh, no fuck. He goes into a scrum with like eight guys, and he's like a buck nothing, and just comes out of it somehow. <laughs> One hander fucking yeah. does the head bob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, so, no, so I I just got lucky playing with a lot of veteran guys there. Um, but uh, the next year, I think a lot of them got shipped. Was it year two that you that they put you out the outdoor? Uh, no, year two. Uh, I had Troy as the coach, and uh, first training camp, I remember him uh, him bringing me and Nick Weiss into the change room after uh, in a squad game or like at halftime and he was just like um he told nick he was a pussy and all this stuff and <laughs> that he better he better grow some nuts and then he told me that i was probably a pussy as well and uh, <laughs> that um <laughs> if i if i wasn't gonna um play good defense then i'd i wouldn't go to offense i'd go to the press box so um i learned pretty quick that i i had to figure it out back there and then uh, i remember nick weese went out and grab somebody in training camp and uh, Troy loved them ever since. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, this, I've never, I've never played for Troy, but I've just like, I've been at in the arena when he's coaching. <laughs> I mean, right. Right. I, he's, he's I think incredible. He's, yeah. It's uh, I, I wish there were, I, I can't wait to hear more stories about him kind of as we go, but I don't know. I don't know if you'd be a Troy guy, Lomi. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'd be fucking inside yeah, my turtle shell. Him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh freaking my 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 first game um we played no second game was in Minnesota. I mean no, it was in Buffalo against Minnesota and I remember um playing for Darius Kilgore and I was um I didn't sprint back on defense. I sprinted to the bench but like I think Sean Williams and and somebody else one of the other older guys I got caught back on D and Darius just ripped into me called me every name in the book, like almost made me cry on the bench. No word of lie. I was 19 years old. I, I had no idea. I was like, this is what the NL like is like. And then he brought, and then we went in the halftime. So like I cool off. I'm like, okay, like I should have ran back on D I guess. Cause those, we don't want those guys back. And um, in the change room, he calls me every name in the book in front of everyone again. And I like, was like, this is, this is awful. Like, I don't know if I can, I can last in this league much longer. And then I ended up, uh, scoring the game winning goal against Minnesota. And I see him and then Darius is like pouring freaking shots down my throat at the, the post game <laughs> after it was, it was just a different lifestyle back there. I know, obviously, Paul, you played a little bit longer and, and, uh, and then all than I have, but uh, it, the game's changed so much. And I know like the way they coach was just, it was crazy. Uh, uh, people, they're, they're telling guys to fight and practice and stuff like that. And you really, you really do have to earn your spot. And it's a, it's, it's a dangerous game. It's uh, that's one hundred percent true. It's it's crazy, like how hockey and lacrosse just like mirror themselves. Like even probably when you first started playing, there was a guy on every team that was like, you know, the quote unquote goon. I was that guy when I first started playing. Like Troy always needed something, but 
when I first started playing out in that Brampton team, I had Troy as the head coach and Terry Sanderson as my D coach. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I couldn't imagine. Needless That's to say, true. my fists were very busy all summer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, it was cool to kind of, uh, I mean, the year after it kind of switched when Troy was my first year. He was still obviously a yeller, but uh, they, they kind of switched the game uh, to a quicker pace at that point. Um, you, you saw the fighters kind of uh, become yep. irrelevant at that point. Um, exactly. The year be my, my, my first year, I guess, Brandon Francis just got cut that year and uh, another big, well, I wouldn't say a big fighter. I, I know Pauly knocked him out pretty good. <laughs> um, Irving, Irving, he, he got cut that year too. So they kind of got rid of uh, those guys and uh, they're trying to change the game at that point. Yeah. They cut, they cut the rosters down and again, kind of same thing. I think they wanted to get rid of it, but just to, like touch on like Troy and like um, Darius, like it, I, I still feel like every athlete kind of needs that at some point in their life, even though it's like, again, they may Sorry. make, you, they may make you cry, but it does like does harden you a bit. I feel it still makes you a bit of a better person and a better player. I agree. I, I mean, is. yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, again, like, uh, Derek did that, that game and I ended up going out and scoring like two goals, including the game winner. And I'm like, okay, like it sucks. But at the time you're yeah, like, you, you don't understand it. But as you get older, you kind of are like, okay. Yeah. You're like, damn it. It fucking worked. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. he just buried me in front of all my buddies and it worked. That son of a bitch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's good. So then you're, uh, you start, you go out the front door. Did you like, was, I mean, obviously you knew you're a good player. Is that, you know, did you just, did it take some time to kind of adjust and get used to just doing that or? Uh, yeah, I definitely did. Obviously uh, the game's a lot quicker. The guys are a lot bigger. Uh, I played senior A a little bit in junior. So I knew quite a bit of guys who to stay away from and who to kind of uh, play with and stuff like that. But um, it, it was a learning curve for sure. Um, you saw, obviously, I, I started off decently, but as a, my career went on, it, it kind of gave me the confidence. And again, I played with <laughs> the best player to ever play, I think, in my opinion, John Tavares. And I, I learned a lot from him. And obviously, Mark Steinhaus on my side and Aaron Wilson, Jamie Rooney, all those guys just kind of um, molded me to the player I am. So that's yeah, JT, he's, he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's decent. He's yeah. a <laughs> He's got a couple points in his career. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're naming off mine, and he he probably did that in two seasons. Yeah. Right. What? So why don't we move into that? I mean, you talked about kind of like getting your getting into your groove. I mean, let's move into the season when you just decided to put the ball in that 72 <laughs> times in fucking 16 <laughs> games or whatever. Like, what the hell happened that year besides pumping yourself full of juice or something? I don't know. What was, uh, what, uh, what happened? I, honestly, I don't know. Like um, 2015 was kind of the year that um, was big for me because I, I got selected for team Canada and um, I never thought I would ever play for uh, them. Anyways, I obviously dreamed of it, um, but I never really thought that they, they give up the list and there's so many great players. And then, um, I was fortunate enough to make it and um, Paulie was on my team obviously as well, but the, the, the squad was so deep that um, you never thought there was always two or three um, offensive guys that weren't playing um, every game. And I was probably the easiest set, set. in the first, uh, first game I, I ended up getting sad against the Iroquois and I was kind of sucked obviously, but I was happy to be there. And then 
as the as the kind of tournament went on, I got um, I ended up playing in the semis and the finals that where I never thought, and they sat some really really good lacrosse players. So that kind of gave me the confidence to um, have my next season in 2016 to like kind of break out and, and a lot of luck, a lot of shooting, um, a lot of great teammates, and a lot of guys getting me open. But uh, I don't know, like I really couldn't miss that year. And uh, for somebody to say, I, I remember people being like, okay, like you're on pace to kind of break uh, the record. I'd be like, oh, what's the record? And they're like 71. And I'm like, how does anybody ever do that? Like, I don't understand. It's not possible. And then it kind of, <laughs> kind of just happened. And it, it was crazy. The crazy, the crazy thing is, and again, I'll just date myself here that, but I've played against both guys that had the goal scoring record. Like I play against Iannucci and then I play against you. And I don't know, I'll just like, I'll touch on, I didn't play with him. I played with him at some point, but when he broke the record, I was playing against him. And I literally remember a quote from uh, Dave Hundley. He's like, we want him to take 25 shots a game. Was that, and I, obviously like, holy shit, that's, that's obviously a lot for a single, but right. what was like, what were they saying to you? Like when you started feeling it, like, was that kind of the same mindset? Like just shoot? No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like that, which is crazy. I, I mean, I, I did shoot uh, some games. I mean, now if I, I feel like now if I shoot 20 game, I'm like, what am I doing? Uh, but, but then I, I definitely had some 20, uh, 20 shot games, but like, I feel like a lot of my shots weren't bad shots. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like I was on top of the crease a lot. Um, I wasn't like, yeah, I was shooting some, some pretty deep ones, to be honest. There was a, a few that went, but uh, at no point it was like, okay, get me the ball or, or whatever. Yeah. It just kind of was one of those seasons where um, a lot, I feel like a lot of luck and I, I couldn't miss. And um, some games we actually did dress uh, two righties, which was crazy. I've never seen that done before. I never thought it would happen. It was kind of me and me and Mark Steinhaus. And then uh, we'd have Keto Hill kind of run up and play sometimes. But um, so I guess in that point, I, I played a lot in that sense. But um, I don't really know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> two fucking righties dressed in a game yeah we had we had a lot of transition uh, yeah that year we had keto hill and then uh i know mitch jones was playing uh out the back door i mean he was a lefty but um i'm trying to think of who else we had that i mean brown now could have stayed uh, a few guys stayed here and there but uh yeah we had like two righties some game it was like here and there it wasn't like yeah. every game by any means but um yeah if you yeah, if you can play a full NLL game with two righties, you could have you could have done a couple two a days down in the states. I think that's probably <laughs> way harder, man. That's fucking right. there's Yeah, there, I mean, like, there's times where I, I remember. I mean, you even go like three or whatever, and it's like you're, you're like no. I mean, you want right. to play a ton, but you know you're gonna have a stroke halfway through the game. Right. I love going three and three, but uh, I go, I like, I go back on D quite a bit or I have to cut off transition. So I sprint back once and then I'm legit gas for like two shifts. I can't go like physically. So I don't know what, like what was going on then. That's unreal. I think I remember, I think there was a point in time. Well, and it was because of the Hossack factor when, when I was in Raj Polly. And I, I think it, you would have obviously still been there too, but nope. they were going four and four out the front. And then, and then Haas would just double shift on D. Yeah. Unreal. It's, uh, it's that fine balance. Like, I, I, don't, I still don't think, like, anyone really knows what the, the secret is of, like, OD, of, like, how many guys you need. Because some guys need to go, like, every shift. Right. And then, if, again, if you're going back, like, a guy like you, if you got a guy who's going 
on and off. He wants to go every shift, but if you got a guy going up and down, like going every shift, you just can't be effective. Right, right. You can go like for an offensive guy. I like to get in a rhythm. I like going every shift for the first little bit, but you can't do it all game. And I know for defense, I, I know a lot of our guys don't like going 10 defensemen. They like to get in the game, which honestly, like the best teams, you see them roll their best players till they can't go anymore, which is how it should be realistically. Yeah, you get filled in some shifts, but like um, that's how it should be. And same thing with offense, but you still need those guys ready to go if you do need a break, right? Exactly. You need, you need someone at least to pick up the slack. Like you fucking give me a call, buddy. I'll be there. I'm Mr. I'm Miss. They call me Mr. Give the boys a rest. Why don't we, uh, so I, I wrote down what case. So I remember watching the game and I remember watching it at like, um, at that old, at the old rock pile there. What, and I remember it, was it a final? Like, cause this is before, this is before 2019. And I don't know, I don't know my years. I don't know if Paul, you can help me out either, but when Buff, was it the final you guys played before 2019 or a semi of the East? Yeah, no, they, you were in the finals against Saskatchewan. It was a really good series. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. I, I, yeah. maybe, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember who they were playing. I just remember them being in it, but. Uh, you know what I'm talking we were about? in the finals in 2016. Yeah. It was way before 2019. Okay. Yeah, you said 2019. Okay. <laughs> no, so 20, I no, I said yeah. That's what I meant. It wasn't. It wasn't 2019 when they were playing Calgary. Yeah. So like my first, I've only been to two finals, 2016 and I believe 2019. Um, I think it was for when we played Calgary. So 2016 we played Sask, and um, yeah. you look on our you look on our our um, our team on paper um, that year in 2016. Like it it really. Uh, I don't know if it was like technically a championship team. We, we we could figure it out like we had some guys that you would be like what like what how are these guys so good but we went like 16 and 2 or 16 and 3 that year and um yes people say it was because of me but like it wasn't it was like it was a mix like we had like a great group of guys and um that just goes to show you that like you peak at the right time or or just the, the team's chemistry because again like we had some weird guys and on that team and paul you could probably say the same yeah. like it was weird, but it, it was weird. We would go into games and warm ups, like before the game, we'd be throwing the football around, like being like, huh, like we're going to, we're going to win. Like, doesn't matter like who we played. I've never been on a team uh, like that um, because obviously I grew up in Kitchener, but uh, like <laughs> I can see how, like, I can see how like the Orangevilles, the Whippies, the Peterboroughs or whatever uh, felt like when they, when they grew up, like, Oh, this is a Kate walk in the like park kind of thing. But uh, yeah. And then I'll just, I'll touch on that too. Like you say, like it, it, you're kind of like, as other teams, you're going like, how are these guys in the finals in 2016, 2019, like against Calgary, you guys were legit, but 2016, but then it's funny. Cause even when you guys go to against SAS, like all these guys are going to get smashed. Like that's kind of SAS was like the powerhouse, right. but then you guys, it was a fucking great series. Right. Right. And we played them um, at, that once that year. And uh, it was like known as like the best offense for their best defense in the league. And, and, um again we we went in a shootout well, not a shootout but it was uh it was like 19 18 game and like they had the best defense and like mm-hmm. really, it was just like a, a track meet and like i think what what we still do to this day is like um buffalo we're, we have an athletic offense and sas is known for their athletic defense and like we match up just like good against them in that sense um but it was just a weird year where um a few bounces they they scored some 
crazy goals in that, that final, um, some lucky bounces. And unfortunately we weren't able to win. And that was my first taste of the uh, finals. And, um, it was like, Oh my God, this, it takes this long to kind of get to the final. So uh, now I tell guys like, it's, it's very hard to, to win, let alone even get there. Like it's, it's crazy. It's just going to get harder now, more teams coming in. Right. Right. And you can see it now. Like we haven't played in obviously a year and a half or whatever it's been, but like the East, the West, it's like the teams are so deep now. And I don't even Yo, know where these players came from, but they're like, it, it seems like it's deeper. The the funny, I mean, again, I'll just be the old, old guy here, but like, that's the thing. I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up to training camp and exhibition games and literally hear not know a single person. And they're going to be unbelievable. And like right. every team is so good now. And we have players who, we drafted two, three years ago that it feels like that are going to be unbelievable and are going to score 40 goals. Like, I've never heard of this person. <laughs> right. And I used to be like the guy that they would come to be like, oh, what are you thinking about this guy? What do you, I had, yeah. like this, this draft, I, I knew maybe two, two, three guys. It's like crazy to me. And like you said, like, I, I shouldn't feel like the old guy, but I like, I'm an old guy on the team now. Like, it's, it's crazy. I choose 29 no more. I feel old as like so old and it, it's weird. It's, I've been in the league for going to my 10th year, I believe. So it's, it's crazy. That's wild. So why don't, while we're talking championships, why don't we do, I mean, talk about the, the 2019 one. Like what was, what was that one like for you? It was, uh, I mean, it sucks. <laughs> uh, definitely. <laughs> it was one of those, again, it was one of those years that I felt like in 2016, like we were, we were awesome. And like, we, we knew that we were, um, we were winning, we were going to win games, but I didn't think we like necessarily like, had the team to kind of um, I wouldn't say do it, but like having playing in 2019, I'm like, wow, we have the pieces. Like this team is unbelievable. I've never played with like such a good team. And um, from the, from the goaltending to defense, the offense. And for us to kind of, we, we kind of play, had a good season all year round and then um, playoffs. And we felt like, okay, we need to, we went in the East We're we're going to be fine because we saw that um, SAS loss and that, that never happens. And then obviously Calgary and San Diego, like it was a nail biter. You didn't even think Calgary was going to make it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think obviously give them credit. They played lights out. Del Bianco stood on his head. Like their offense came together. Defense came together just at the right time. But it just, it seemed to, to me like what happened was um, we, we thought we won after we won beat Toronto. We, we were like, Oh, they're just going to, lay over for us and I think that was the biggest thing and uh that's one lesson that I think we've all learned um on our on our band team especially like you can't just do that like nobody's going to kind of give it to you and um I think a lot of people thought we were going to win but obviously those guys in the Calgary uh locker room and I think that's what kind of um happened in obviously we're going to get into it but the PLL championship too we thought everybody probably thought the whip snakes were going to win and uh we believe in ourselves and we're the underdog so yeah Hey, don't let Danny, don't let this guy get ahead of, ahead yeah. of the timeline here. Okay. He's trying to fucking, he's trying to flip our show no. notes on us. We're, no, we're going to get there. But I think that, I mean, the one thing I think, you know, the, one of the reasons we wanted to start this podcast was to kind of just like get an idea out there to other people, maybe PLL fans, maybe look, people that just want to learn about lacrosse, like what, you know, what the atmosphere is like, what the league's like, can you, Obviously, you know, we've talked about Buffalo is an insane place to play. You know, you guys are selling out the arena. Calgary was also the same way. What was that environment like in an NLL championship playing in kind of both those arenas? 
it was crazy. It was really cool to be honest, because those are like two places that if you talk to anybody, those are like kind of two of the places you want to play. There's, a, there's obviously the SAS, the Colorado's or there's other teams out there that have some great atmospheres as well, but uh, Calgary and, and Buffalo are definitely known. Um, they're, they're one of the, like the beginning teams as well. So it's pretty cool in that sense. But um, it was just kind of like ruthless, like in Buffalo, like uh, our fans are nuts. And um, the first game, obviously, uh, they, it, I think both games are really close. I think the the, the last one, obviously, in, in theirs was like, uh, I think Dane Doby on a breakaway. Oh, no, Dutchie. Uh, was that an overtime, I believe? or whatever it was um, to win it, but it was just back and forth. And, and the crowd played a lot of factor in it too, because we, we knew we, we had our hands tied when we, we lost in Buffalo, obviously uh, home field advantage plays a big factor if you have those type of crowds. So um, it was definitely tough uh, going into Calgary and um, playing in front of their fans as well. The, the one thing, I don't know if you can get into this a little bit, because I think this is one of the things that's so unique about, about playing in Buffalo, obviously, or sorry, I should say playing for Buffalo. It's just the crowd and the chance, like the Mark who Steinhaus or Johnny who, you know, who's house Steinhaus, like who, who comes up with all that stuff. And like, I mean, but the players just, you guys just feed off it, which is right. Right. We have uh, um, Swenson. He's uh, he's been there for, for a long, long time, and he does a great job every year. He has, he comes with somebody a new new nickname, whether they're crazy or not. We never we never tell them obviously what we want to hear or anything like that. But they come up with it, and the, the fans love it. Um, I, I again like when I score a goal, like they start barking, which is like crazy, <laughs> crazy to me. Like I honestly like I'll run out of there, and the first time they started doing it, and I don't even know like if they rehearse it or like how they even think of it. But like I ran out there and I thought they were booing me. Like legit, it sounds like booing. And yeah. I'm like, what? What's going on? But like, um, with a chance with like um, Vino says, or I don't even know what Vino's is. But um, it, it's just crazy. The box chant, box uh, when when the guy goes in the box and yeah. and it's just ruthless. It's crazy. It's like a party and like the atmosphere in Buffalo. There's nothing like it. And it's it's pretty cool to see that like more teams are kind of. Um, getting that um, atmosphere as well. You got to give them credit. They, they must, because um, I know SAS, like right off the hop, they kind of have the same same ideas. Um, nobody really has a chance as much as we do by any means. I know Calgary tries and uh, some other teams try, but um, it's pretty cool to see that uh, our, our league's growing in that sense. The, 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 I'm howling at the barking. I didn't know they barked, but like I was going to bring up I mean, it was almost scary. All, everyone wearing those dog masks that they were wearing when they like first thought yeah. of the Great Dane thing. Yeah, they do that too, and it, it's it's crazy. Like again, like they they dress up in black and orange. They they're um, they're so committed to us. It looks like some people are wearing the craziest outfits. Like you said, they they wear dog masks. Um, it, it's it's wild. Like I I tell people like they're like oh what are like what are um, Bandits fans like? And I'm like they're like Bills fans. And they're like wrestling fans. Those are our, the two things. And wrestling in Buffalo, and I don't know if you know Joe Rezateris. That guy <laughs> loves wrestling. Oh, like yeah. Nobody else. And Stone and cold. obviously we we had uh, we had Craig Craig England on our team as well. And he had his uh, his goal song was uh, Stone Cold Steve Al- nice. Austin. And fans loved it. Like, and again, like, yeah, like I, I've scored goals and stuff like that. And I'm one of the fan favorites. But like, you come into our league and be a rookie. 
And I know Noseworthy, he uh, he ended up, like, fighting one game, and he was a fan favorite right off the hop. Like, fans love, like, in Buffalo, just love anything like that, like, rough stuff, and it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, let's uh, – Paul, you got any more NLL questions before we jump into – no, I'll go, I'll go through the, I, just kind of laughing to myself, like just playing over the years in Buffalo, but, and just kind of go along with like the party theme. They always got the beach ball going. Right. And then <laughs> like, no matter what, two times a game, it ends up on the field. And it's always just like the shooter McGavin, like, God damn it. I'm trying to putt here. Get this thing <laughs> off the floor. Right. At the worst times too. Yeah. Like, always and like, they, and they know better than like, they, they keep it in the penalty box and everyone just, starts booing the refs and stuff it's like it's like okay guys like relax unreal i well i actually before we go pll how when did you um when did you and like the crew or when did you originally move to buffalo and like live there so i um i've been living here since my fourth year i think with the bandits so um my first few years i i would drive obviously here and there and then um my fourth year I would uh, live here in the uh, during the season and then I'd move back to Kitchener. And then it took like probably this is my like third year that I've lived in Buffalo pretty much full year round. Um, and then myself and uh, Josh Byrne bought a house together in August of last year. So a um, bunch of the boys live here and it's uh, kind of like a frat house now. And uh, I feel the other guys are going to be moving and we got pretty big place here but i'm gonna be moving out obviously i'm mature now so i gotta i gotta get i gotta get out of here but um it's pretty it's pretty cool uh for the most part these guys bust my balls without not wanting to go out sometimes obviously because again i'm I'm trying to be a be an adult i can't i can't do do it like i used to one one night's good enough i can't i can't even think about two so um i know it's just gonna get worse but um so i'm gonna be moving out soon but it's pretty cool to have these guys around full time because we're always in the gym together we push each other in that sense and there's always something to do is there any uh are there any tenant landlord battles going on in there or what uh no but uh myself myself and josh uh crazy story you know what in uh halloween party we uh we got pretty pretty banged up and um we were playing um some some drinking game and uh, I got pretty intense and uh, we got, we got in a pushing, pushing match. And I put, I put Josh through one of the walls and then uh, I could just see the anger in his head. And uh, as I put him through the wall, he turned around and he was trying to put me through the opposite wall. And I'm trying to prevent this because it kicks in. I'm like, this is our house. Like, what are we doing? I end up going through the other wall. And uh, we snap at each other like we almost scrap actually, and uh, and then we we've become so much closer since then. It it, it was uh, it was, must have been last Halloween, obviously. And this was listen to this. So like this happens at probably five o'clock, and we're having a Halloween party probably at seven eight o'clock. So there's holes in our wall when people oh, you don't even have people like, over yet. Yeah, right, right. So they're like, <laughs> what what's going on? Like what happened? And we had to explain to them that we got in a fight. Like we're fucking we're the owners of the house. And we almost scrapped each other like it was crazy but that's gotta it's, be it's pretty good that's gotta be the most humbling pat's job when you gotta repair oh, that oh yeah he can fix other. one side i'll fix the other like realistic that's the good thing about living uh owning a house with one other person because everything's split in half and obviously he he patched up the one wall i patched up the other that's too good that's amazing just put some spider webs over it decoration <laughs> was fine. right a, a picture a picture yeah. frame <laughs> 
That's awesome. All right, let's jump into it. Let's get into the PLL stuff. So how how did you even get like because obviously you you know you you said you played some some field across before like kind of here and there. How did I know you played in the MLL for the Rattlers? You know, I think t- towards the end of that, like yeah, or before the PLL was created. Is that like how did did you know you were going to kind of get picked up in the PLL or or how did that work? No, I mean so. 2016 was um, obviously my good year in the NL and um, Tim Sudan, big lacrosse guy, box Anfield. He, um, he reached out to me. He's like, you should come, you should come play. And I was like, you know what? Like, fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll try it out just to kind of say, say to myself that I could do it and tell people that I could do it kind of thing. And um, I played with like a great group of guys um, and uh, they, they like kind of kept me there. Like at that point I was like, okay, like I actually kind of like this. And um there's a lot of box guys on that team. I know Jesse King, McIntosh, um, trying to think of who else we had on that team, but we had a few other guys and it was just a good community. And those guys and Tim Sudan was awesome to me. And um, I just wanted to go back. So I kept going back and um, played two or three years there. And then I randomly got a message from uh, Kyle Harrison and he was like, uh, we're, we're going to have a league in the PLL and um, this is how it's going to work. And, if you're interested, we'd love to have you. And I was like, Oh, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll try it. Um, and I talked to a lot of other guys, obviously a lot of the other guys were, um, were moving on to, to the PLL. So I was like, yeah, this is a perfect opportunity. And again, I, I was going in for to year one thinking, okay, I'm going to play one year and kind of be done again to say I could do it. And, Cause I was never a big field guy, but uh, I ended up loving it. Um, my team, my teammates were awesome. My coach was awesome. Um, again, it was like, we had a bunch of Canadians on our team, so it just made it easy. Now, just to tie, I mean, we'll touch on that Canadian and just box and field drama, but Andy Towers, like the coach, obviously he's just <laughs> kind of cut from the Troy Darris mold a little bit, but maybe more of a motivator. Like, does he just love Canadians? Because right off the get-go, when – in that PLL when they were doing the Atlas and announcing the teams, chaos was always Canadian heavy. Right. So I, honestly, I think how they did it was, I don't know who was the one who put stuff together, but basically there was six coaches at the time. Um, they all got uh, assigned to a team. And basically, I don't know, again, I, I think like Rabel and all those guys had like, not questions they say, but like they would put like Notre Dame guys on um, okay. the Redwoods and like, um duke guys would be on the the chrome and um obviously the maryland guys were on the whip snakes and stuff like that and i think he just got handed the canadian players and then like some other random players that they thought would kind of mix in well or like guys that went to different colleges and stuff just like love that to drink beers <laughs> right right so so i think he just got like that that handed to him and uh and then he started loving us because honestly like it's crazy to me, like, and I'll never understand it, but like, um, like we don't care about like floor time or field time or anything like that, where you, you see guys like bitching about, Oh, I'm going out next and I'm going out next. And like, to me, I'm like, if, if this ever happened at all, like you would be like, the coach would be like, get out of here. Like you're not playing. Like we don't want you on this team or like go home. Like, what are you doing? Like, we're not, we're not JV anymore. Like this isn't like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous to see. And, and he loves that. He loves that about Canadians. Like we don't bitch about anything. We just play and we're, and 
and we love getting it in like we love love obviously boozing but like we <laughs> also love roughing we love roughing it up as well like and he loved that stuff so um he, he never had complaints about us and then um to kind of continue on to that like as the the kind of years progressed he he took our opinions and i think uh, i don't know how coaches are in this league by any means in the pll but um he he like he was like he would ask me and josh like who do you want to play with like who do you think is a good fit for the pll and all this stuff and we kind of created a team around like just like box guys like great people obviously and we uh, like we had some americans as well that that fit well but it was just um, – it was one of those things that he was the best player coach and he took our advice and he believed in us. And what a fucking all-time championship photo out of Mr. Andy Towers. Are you kidding me, Tarpon? Man, it's crazy. Like, you would you would score a goal or do a, do a good play or whatever it was, and you'd be scared to give – run to the bench because he would always elbow you in the chest. And I'm no word of lie, it would knock get the wind out of you, like, no matter what. He's, like, so physical, and it's like, okay, man, like, I thank you. Like, I get your positive and stuff like that, but do not – like, I got to go out in the next shift, like, relax a little bit. But um, <laughs> he, he's, he's the best player coach, one of the best player coaches I've ever played for. He – um like, people see this on Twitter and stuff like that, and they're like, oh, my God, he's a screamer. Like, he yells at people. I've never seen him yell at one player. Um, yes, he, he can get hard – not even hard on us. He, like, he needs to whip us back in shape, obviously, because, like, sometimes us Canadians, we just fool around and stuff like that. But that being said, like, by the end of our, like, season, like, we were legit playing Canadian ball. We were legit, like – we were going out there without, like, almost a system, and teams couldn't like prepare for us because we didn't even know what we were doing. Like, yeah, we we're doing two man games and stuff like that, but we we're just playing like at the end of the day and he trusted us. And obviously if we, we kind of went through like patches that we, we weren't doing okay, then he would put in a play for us, but by like, he just trusted everything. So it was awesome. That's awesome. So what, what's, uh, what's your mindset going into to this year's championship after, you know, playing those guys in the bubble the year before everyone's giving you the 3.2%, you know, whip snakes are going for their three peat, like all this kind of bullshit coming in. What's, what's the, what's the mindset in the room going into it this year? Yeah. You know what it, it was. Um, so making the playoffs was the biggest thing we knew obviously from the bubble that we just needed to make playoffs and, once we um, we had the Archers, which was a good matchup against them, uh, us, like they, they're a great team, but we just, our defense matched really good against them. And um, going in, like to me, what my thought process was like, if we beat the Archers, I think we have a great chance. Like I really do. I think they were kind of um, the team that we needed to kind of get through. Um, Atlas was a great young team, but we just, uh, we knew what it took to kind of get there. And then the Whip Snakes, obviously they've been there so many times and, we knew if we could kind of pull a full game together and uh, they never really saw um, our offense play. To, like we, they played us at the beginning of the year, but like we our offense changed totally. Our, our whole team changed totally. Obviously blaze in that was unbelievable. And um, it, it was, uh, it was an exciting game. They're a great team. And uh, we were just, we just played better. Where, just the back of it where was the 3.2 percent was that like computer generated or what was that i was kind of trying no. to follow along who, who I, think, just... I, I honestly think it was fan related like and you know okay. what's crazy is we finished um i don't know how many teams there are anymore but like i think one team doesn't make it so there would have been eight teams and we finished seventh 
And we almost like if we would have won our last game, which we like lost by one in like maybe overtime or something like that. And like we we just blew it. If we would have won that, we would have been like third or fourth place. Like, but we yeah. ended up finished seventh, which was fine with us. And um, what's crazy is like the, the team that was eight was uh, the Cannons, and they um, had a better percentage than us. So we were <laughs> we we were three point two. And we didn't even finish last. We're like, what is going on? Like, and three point two is like a uh, how do how can you give it to you a three point two? That's like, just one person, one person. Right, right, hundred percent. Realistically, it's probably our parents voting like on social yeah. media, not even, yeah. and they probably don't even want it want yeah. us to win. But they they don't know social media, so they clicked us by accident. Like realistically, <laughs> yeah. like that's it was a slap in the face. Like it was ridiculous. It went from like, I think it went uh 13% to 3.2 I don't even know what it went but we just kept getting lower and we're yeah. like what is going on but we loved it like being the underdog is is the best realistically because you have no pressure to win nothing like that and uh, I think that's the best thing yeah, it gives you gives you easy motivation too right off the bat right like it's it's just something you can hang your hat on just be like no one believes in us fuck let's go right right, right exactly and it's like the most common thing to say yeah but exactly. like everyone says it and it's the best yeah. thing to say realistically yeah. like you can't if you're the best team you can't be like oh nobody believes in us like, <laughs> you can't say that so and it's funny because every you see it all around the league everyone's like oh nobody believes us and i'm the first one to do it and it's funny because we just get up from it like it's just a common thing but we 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 get going um dude i i mean i was love i was loving seeing this on twitter because like obviously you know it's it's something that something that you guys have have run in buffalo like teams have run it before but it's like that that progression like picking the picker and everybody having a freak out in the pll about like the how crazy that play was like what i mean is that something you guys I, even planned or is it just like, Hey, like, let's just go run this box play. Well, you, yeah, no, exactly. We, we do it and we do it in box so much. And like every team does it now. Like you watch the SAS, SAS started it. Saskatchewan, obviously like um, they, they grew up playing it, but like, it's the easiest thing. And like in my head, I'm like, okay, like you, nobody's ever seen this done before. And like the rest aren't looking at somebody getting greased from behind on the, where the ball isn't so i'm like we should try doing this like why not and then we started doing it and it started working and nobody like everybody's like wow what is this it's like magic like it's like honestly like everybody's focused so focused on the ball that like no like you can legit push somebody from behind and like the ref, the ref might look and he's like oh he just fell over like nobody's gonna call a possession call on that realistically like they might catch on now that we've done it for the year but like that year like we could we could get away with it honestly and dude i think my favorite part was watching that d guy that got put in a blender off ball like because i'm sure those guys have played field their whole life like never ever have been picked you know 40 yards away from the ball they're getting picked off and every time it's right. like they're, they're putting a washing machine spin cycle like i mean it's just right was- it's it's so it's so good and you know what's funny too like there's a lot of good um d guys coming um to the nll um from the pll and uh, i'm very interested to see how they do because obviously they're very good on on ball defenders and it's very hard to like i don't know how they even do it in the field game because it's so big but it's going to be funny to see them just get greased from behind every trial like in trials just like not being like what is going on like it, it takes a while to like 
honestly, it probably takes a few years to like, be like, okay, I have to like open up or they're going to find my back. Like you can't focus on that, but I would love to be a fly on the wall for all those good American defenders coming in our league because those Canadian guys are just going to grease them from behind. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till, oh, wait, you till Paul, yeah, wait till Paulie's Paulie stays on O and runs down and just gives him a big old club to the back of the head trying to try to play D. Right. And it's so funny too, like on top of that, just like um like get like our team, like we have a bunch of offensive guys again, like Canadian offensive guys that we I remember playing the cannons and our offensive guys all play box and we're none of us are tough at all but like it was an ongoing thing it was like we we call each other pll tough because because all those guys and the american guys would just grab their helmets so bad but we're so used to getting our helmets ripped off or like there's so many tougher guys in our league that like we're we're scared of and like we could like we were just i don't know the amount of scrums we got into and everybody all the americans would complain and be like what is this like why are they doing this like are they allowed to do this all this stuff and it was just like and then you have like obviously like when we had it against Canada, it was a big it was a big deal and then you have like obviously brody the sheriff just coming around and just suckering us too we're like oh there he is like you're like tiptoeing and be like you're looking suckering an american and looking for brody to see where he is because he's obviously the greatest teammate ever and he's like he has anybody back no matter who who's on the team but it's just funny to see like uh how that works as well because like i see it all over social media uh like canadian players calling out american players that come play in our league because it's like obviously the pll is like they put on a front about like how like you celebrate after goals and all that stuff and then like if they ever did that at all it'd be like okay you're you're fighting like like it's just so much the game's just so much different and it's just funny to see uh playing kind of both and and see that it's uh it kind of go it kind of goes back to like you saying you guys playing for each other and like not caring it's still like a a big me a me 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 league like with the the celebrating and stuff like that and we'll probably touch on it later but it's just it's kind of hilarious like poetic justice you guys winning with like a heavy canadian roster and like the classic like never mentioning you know this other professional lacrosse league like just that doesn't exist it's like what's like what's the point we're not even competing with you guys it's like what Right. And yeah, they do. They do a great. They definitely do a great job at the social media stuff. I think they might do the best out of dude. It's unbelievable. Out of I've said that every, from every, every, every league, like even yeah. the NBA, all that stuff. They do the, they do the greatest stuff, but they also like, they were, they were getting mad at like the fact that like, obviously the fighting and all that stuff, but then they would promote it obviously on, on, on social media. So it's like, it's one of those tough thing, fine lines and stuff like that. And it is, it is um, obviously it is tough to see that they don't really I promote that all because obviously lacrosse like the only way it's going to get bigger is if we like help each other at the end of the day and it, it is cool to see kind of us canadians kind of uh win well i should say canadians <laughs> but a lot of canadians on the chaos team and win that championship because you're going to see more and more fans kind of um, watch us play now which is which is awesome you get the you put the fucking Buffalo crazies at a PLL game. <laughs> They'll be shutting down the league. Everyone will be barking and running around in the box. It'll be mental. But that's Walmart uh, will have to shut down. No tables. It'll be a PLL game, man. We're all frozen. No tables being sold. That'd be awesome. So what's uh get, walk us through it? We win the championship. Chaos are going mental. What's the what's the celebration like? right right away so, oh my god 
So uh, first thing happens, I take off my helmet and gloves, and I go to celebrate with uh, uh, Josh and Chris, both my roommates, both in Buffalo, and they both headbutt me, and I don't have a helmet on. They have a helmet on. So, like, my teeth are, like, pretty much bleeding, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, it doesn't matter. We just won a championship. So we start running, and uh, we're celebrating hard. We're gassed. Like, we're all, like, cramping. Uh, We get on stage, and – they're yelling at us to get on stage. I haven't had a water in probably 10 minutes. And they're like, okay, like, here's here's Pink Knit Whitney. Here's Bud Light. Like, these are sponsors. Hammer it. And we're just hammering this stuff. Like, it's so bad. Like, I'll never drink Pink Whitney for a long, long time. And um, <laughs> unless they sponsor me, of course. Yeah, they, yeah there you go. Sponsor, sp- here's sponsor me. But that being said, it, it, was, it was crazy. Um, again, like, I've won a few championships. Nothing – um, obviously with Team Canada and then um, with Six Nation Chiefs, but this one, uh, my pro, my first pro one, um, w- was awesome. And um, yeah, it was just a lot, lot of booze, which was awesome, but not needed at that time. I, I could have hydrated a little bit, and um, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty special for sure. I, I know um, Chase Frazier, one of my roommates, obviously the guy in, in Buffalo as well. He ended up going to the hospital because uh, he was uh, full body cramp just because he was so dehydrated probably because we were just boozing right off the like it was crazy so he he didn't end up coming to the post game till five hours after as well Jeez. but yeah he, he got he got five uh iv bags which he was feeling a lot better the next morning than we were i was yeah. just gonna say quick iv days back at the post game i was <laughs> right, gonna make right. a joke but it's actually true that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> right who uh yeah who was the mvp who was the mvp of the evening after the game oh Honestly, Blaze might win MVP throughout his whole life. That guy is a riot. I don't know if you've ever met him, but uh, or gone out with him. But he's a he's a guy that like everybody loves. A uh, great locker room guy, but also like the party doesn't stop. Like he's just he's an animal. Like he could, uh, I don't know, he can chug everything within three seconds. He he's fine. Or or Jack Rollette, who's a psychopath. That guy. Uh, that guy doesn't have a brain cell and he, uh, he was pretty funny as well. There's some things trending on Twitter about him just doing some crazy stuff as well. So uh, those two would probably be the MVPs. Unreal. And so are you, are you allowed to tell us who fucking broke yeah. the trophy? <laughs> yeah. The awkward I, science of like, who's going to ask this question. So, so I guess they made two because they knew probably was going to, one was going to break. That being said, they didn't give us the second one after we broke the first one. <laughs> um, we're also drunk that I don't think, like, I have no idea who broke it, but I heard it was our assistant coach, but I'm not going to point. I, I don't really know. Um, I don't think it was any players. Um, but again, we're all so banged up that I, I don't even think we even realized that it was, it was probably just a sharp piece sticking in our hands and we're still <laughs> drinking out of the trophy at the end of the day. It's not the uh, it's not the first trophy that's gonna get broken, and it's not gonna be the last trophy that's gonna get broken. So again, even right. championship, it's uh, it's no holds <laughs> bar. Like right. it's mandatory. It's it's crazy. They should make it out of like steel or something that nobody can break or something like that because uh, a, a giant, yeah, every every league does it for sure. A giant glass cup does not seem like the best thing to hand a group of absolute right. mutants from Canada. I doesn't seem like the good thing. Like I think right. I think they broke it every year, from what I understand. They have, yeah, they definitely have, and and I think that's why they made two. They they made they they knew they was gonna break like, what like what's a I mean it looks kind of cool I guess, but like you know you're gonna break it, so 
I mean, it's more expensive for them <laughs> to kind yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, do, it's uh, a classic. <laughs> just spend the money on something that's not going to break instead of buying something every year to send back exactly. Or or honestly, make it out of plastic. We don't care. We just want something yeah. to drink out. Yeah. Exactly. Give me something that holds ten beers and we're good. I guess. <laughs> right. Awesome. So we were playing uh, Thunderstruck at the end of the game with oh, with the trophy passing around. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They'll get they'll get the party going. Oh yeah, didn't it didn't oh, yeah. Bergie get thunderfucked there at the end too? Oh, I think I saw I don't know where, that guy. Like, that guy's a that guy's a weapon too, and he just he's a mutant when when he gets loaded. He he was probably in space out of space. Oh yeah, the Bergie zombie mode is one of my favorite. <laughs> he he tech. I got a text from him like real late, and it was just like, "Lomi, we're gonna Facetime you." roomies for life and i'm like sitting there i'm like have i ever lived with Bergie? <laughs> like, I, I don't think i have but... yeah awesome. no we have we have a good group uh over there and it, it was definitely uh fun to be a part of it it just it kind of uh it was pretty cool to play with so many guys that like you either played against or played with um from the canadian uh standpoint and Obviously, we had Kiefer, who is an American guy, but I, I obviously played a lot of. He played in Orangeville, I believe, um, and stuff like yeah. that. It'll be it'll be cool to see him play in the NLL, and obviously Ryan Smith as well. He was a he was a third overall pick, uh, I yeah. believe, to Rochester. So it'll be cool to see those guys um, play and play against kind of thing. Now that we kind of won a championship because you're you're that much closer with them, but um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Beauty. So you're what's next? You got the birthday tomorrow. Are you flying to Miami tomorrow? No, birthday tomorrow, probably uh, have a few. Uh, today was my day off. And then uh, flying to Miami uh, Friday till Monday. So, uh, and then and then right back into kind of train, getting into training camp because uh, it starts at the end of the month. And then I, I, I have Team Canada tryouts as well, which uh, if Brody Merrill's listening, I'd love to have that off if you don't mind. But no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, we have that. I have that right the week before um, training camp. So um, honestly, yeah, I'm going to kind of treat myself the next uh, four days, four or five days, and then uh, right back into training again. And my body hates me right now, but uh, I guess that's what championship feel like. So that's, uh, yeah, that's too fun. Cause like you, I mean, you, you hear NHL guys talk about like how short their off season is when they like win the cup. Right. Dane's, Dane's off season just went to five days. <laughs> that's <fucking laughs> unbelievable. And it, it's funny because you're like, when I win a championship, like I'm going to drink every day, all day. Like it's never going to stop. And then you're like day three and you're like, Oh my God. Like is champion winning a championship that good. Like what am I doing to my body? And like, you're waking up. Like, again, I, I was telling, um, I was telling you and uh, Paul, you didn't listen to this, but we got to run five K's for bandits. And, um, me, me and Chris Cluche, we were on the golf course yesterday. A bunch of us were, uh, the birdie juice was flowing. Obviously we got a couple of birdies, not me personally. I couldn't hit a ball straight, but, um, uh, we, we had to run a 5k, but JT's making us run a 5k every Monday. And, um, I had to, um, my, what was it? Uh, this morning, me and Kluch were like, okay, let's run a 5K. Um, so we woke up and ran a 5K. And it was, uh, oh. it, it was, it, it was honestly, I don't know if it wasn't bad because my body was numb or like, I, or I wasn't thinking straight, but it, it wasn't terrible. I don't know if my time was good by any means, yeah. but I did it. You survived. It's, uh, that's what rule 47, just play like, always play like a champion. <laughs> right, right. I, 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 I wore my championship uh, shirt. I ran the 5k and then 
I had a drink and I sent a video to JT and said, I ran my 5k. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> but, and you know what? And I was like, okay, like I'll be, I'll be okay for the next one, but obviously I'm going to Miami. So the next one's just going to be just as bad, but um, Hey, I'm doing it. And that's what leaders do, I guess. Right. You're burning the, can- <laughs> burning the candle at both ends. Let's go. I like that. All right. <laughs> I might run my 5k home from the bar on uh, this weekend. Who knows? Yeah. Unreal. Just Holy. in a hotel, just perfectly 5K away from uh, <laughs> from live in Miami, and that's it. No Ubers, <laughs> just every night <laughs> at home. Honestly, I'd probably do my best then. Like the amount of times I've walked home from a bar, let alone jo- like a little bit of a jog, I feel invincible. Yeah. So who oh, yeah. knows? You, you, you'll have you'll be screwing yourself though. You'll post a time of like 18 minutes when you're four in the morning in Miami, and then you'll have to do it at training camp, and you'll be double the right. time. Right. Oh. All right. Well, Paul, you got anything else for him before we let him go? No, man. That was awesome. Thanks, buddy. No, no problem. I appreciate it, guys. And uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's uh, it's great to listen to and uh, people enjoy it. Love it, man. Awesome. Well, congrats again and and uh, good luck. Good luck down in Miami. Have yourself a blast. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's, and then uh, enjoy your five k <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? I should run my five k right now and trying to get it out of the way and do the Gronk thing and wear a different shirt every time I run my 5k and send it in. That's it. Exactly. Do it all one day. Crank it out. <laughs> Unreal. Awesome, brother. All right, hey, buddy. Thanks Congrats, a lot, dude. Thanks, guys. All right. See you, brother. All right. What an interview with our buddy Dane. It's uh, I mean, it's it's pretty cool to pick his brain on on across the board, just kind of his little story there. And um, you know, every fucking probably every D1 coach across the board is just so furious with his one buddy who told him he didn't want to go because Dane, <laughs> Dane playing four years of division one lacrosse would have been a pretty pretty good sight to see. But obviously it's worked out for him, uh worked out for him anyway, and and obviously, you know, won a championship and had some pretty uh hilarious things to say. So that's uh that was a good one i enjoyed that interview quite a bit so i I looked it up sorry i looked it up while we were talking he mentioned that he had a couple games when he shot more than 20 times uh that year he had seven (laughs) seven Seven games games over 20 shots (laughs) yeah little little more than a couple (laughs) yeah and the highest one was 25 oh fuck me 25 24 24 23 how many goals how many goals did he have in the 25 shot game six <laughs> yeah, so six when you're and, hot you're hot six and six for 12 points against uh buffalo or against vancouver when i was gonna i was gonna bring us up but uh when he was saying just like things were going right for him in that season i remember we were playing buffalo and we had vino in that obviously you know greatest goaltender of all time dane smith daner was against the boards on his wrong side sidearm and scored far side off the post <laughs> and that's when it's just like yeah this guy will score 70 goals this is like yeah that was like his fifth of the game it's like whatever you can't do you can't yeah do that's just that's just yeah that's that's the confidence thing like that you see it in you, you do see it in lacrosse like when guys like when someone sticks hot like you get them the ball but you see it yeah. i notice it in baseball too right like where guys are like you're you're hitting you're hitting the ball and it's like they're just stepping up knowing they're about to hit a dinger before like a pitch is even thrown or whatever. So it's yeah, good for him. Seventy two tucks is I 
more than I have in my entire career. So that's, uh, that's kind of insane to get, uh, I'm sure more than a lot of guys have in their career too. Yeah. Same. Also three separate games of more than 10 points that year. Three separate games over 10 points. So yeah, 10 points, 12 points, 13 points. All against Vancouver or? Uh, Nope. He had 13 points against Georgia, five and eight. Wow. Fucking Jesus Christ. That's that's like a career year for me, five and eight. (laughs) But no one will have that bouncer, Polly. We got to find that clip. Can you find that video? Oh, I'll find it. I was... uh, uh, not to toot my horn, but it, we're and kind of bring it back to Suitsy. He came out uh, last Tuesday for the run, and I was like, "Oh, he's coming back." And then obviously next week he retires. It's kind of like, "Oh man, I thought." Anyways, but I was talking to uh, Rylan Hartley, our our backup goalie now in in Rochester, since we tra- traded Wendy away. But he was uh, he was laughing because I I throw a couple of junk shots at him, and he's like, "Oh, you had that really nice shot." Um, from like half when I scored on Dylan Ward last season, not a big deal. Yeah. And I said, you should see this one shot I have. It is, I'm telling you, it's the best shot probably in the cross. Yeah. And I explained to him, he's like, no way. I'm like, don't worry, I'll find it for you. Yeah. We need that clip. Cause that, and, the, and I mean, it wasn't like that recently. So it's like the fact the camera was in such a good position to get the bounce where the ball went right in the top corner. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll oh. get it. That's all time. All right. But enough well, about me. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't have anything else. You got anything else? No, that's great. Again, another, uh, another great interview and, uh, yeah, just we'll, uh, we'll kind of get back on the lacrosse train here a little bit, um, as the season coming up and we may be able to do some previews, but who knows, but yeah, no, always love talking to you boys. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's it for, uh, episode 19. We'll chat with you soon. 19 Jesus peace take your first ride and run baby run if you want to sign